Okay, so welcome to Conversations with John and Lisa. And today I have with me Arden, who is my youngest, 22 and single, and Addison, who is my oldest, almost 31, father of four, and married for nine years. Is that correct? I can't even believe that's true. So anyway, we're going to be tackling some of these questions that you guys sent into Facebook. And I just want to say at the very onset of this, we do not have all the answers. We're going to share what we know, and we're going to hope that the Holy Spirit makes up the gap. But Arden, what are some of the questions we've gotten on Facebook? Yeah, so we pulled a bunch of questions. So first question that we really felt like we were supposed to touch was, uh, how do I raise my boys to be men of God? when their father isn't around or involved in their life too much. That is a challenge. And we're kind of hearing this reoccurring theme among women. And first and foremost, I, I want I want to say to every woman out there, you don't have to do that by acting like a man. You don't have to yeah. try to yeah, be a father. That's good. You, you, you can do this from a mothering position and um, you can get them involved with other men. We, we, we're going to say this over and over again, and we, we want to give you permission to ask other men to get involved in their life. And you can go to some friends that you know her husband is a good father. But how do you raise men of God when their father isn't around or involved much in their life? Now, first and foremost, I think one of the things that I think is important is that you actually speak to that. You know, everything in our culture is attacking the man of God. Everything in our culture is attacking what godliness looks like. And so if their father isn't around, it's, it's an opportunity for you to actually be the only influence in their life. And don't champion the fact that he's not around. Don't make that the focus. Don't make it like they're handicapped. Of his life, exactly. Don't make that an, an excuse for him. And I think one of the strongest things, uh, one of the, I remember I was reading a, a children's book early on when you guys were little, and, um, and they said, what is your goal as a parent? Hmm. And I was like, you know what? I got this. And I wrote the most compelling goal to make sons that are disciples of the Most High God who will glorify them every day of his, their lives. And then I turned the page and realized I'd completely flunked. Hmm. It said that the goal of a parent is to cause your children to be dependent on God and independent of you. And so I think moving your boys into a closer relationship with God is one of the most strategic things you will ever do as a mother. So that's going to happen whether you have a dad involved in their lives or you're really involved, but really telling them about God the Father and that they can have a relationship with God the Father. He isn't just about going to church, but he is first and foremost a father. Now, what would be some practical things that moms could do to accomplish that? Okay, so some practical things that we can do to like point our kids where they actually realize having a connection with God their father is, number one, you can, you can model that in the house so you can have worship music going all the time like my boys were crazy and so I, oh, it was so annoying i know it was it, it was, was necessary it was necessary we arrested the atmosphere yeah. thank it you was so loud. <laughs> you could hear it, it in it every be, room like of the seven house o'clock there in was the a reason well. for all of that you would sing so loud i know you guys I was we just, would make jokes about the fact that mom is on her knees in our small little living room <laughs> going to town. I didn't know you made jokes but, about it. But what we love is you modeled, you modeled for us. Yeah, I'm sorry, confessions. You modeled for us what it is to get into God's presence. And dad was gone a ton. He traveled a ton. So you fell into this camp of mothers doing a lot of things on their own. And you would get before God because sometimes we would drive you crazy. Yes. We were great kids. I never did I never did one thing wrong in my life, but we would drive you crazy okay. sometimes. They they did a lot of things wrong, but they were never wrong. They were always amazing boys. And you would get into the presence of God, and that showed me as a young man, man, there must be something cool about this whole presence of God thing, and maybe I need to model that in my life. 
And that, and that idea of you not being that fill-in person, because I think so many times we feel like a lot of kids have their faith that's based off of their parents' faith. In reality, God doesn't have any grandchildren. You know, it's not, it's not, God doesn't look at you as your, your parent's son. He looks at you as his son. And there's not, there's no difference. There's just sons and daughters. And I think having that intimate relationship and that realization that it's not, it's not your parents' faith, it's your faith and it's what you have to build. All right. So yeah, so just to continue on on some of the more questions that we've gotten, we got a lot on sexual purity. And so first question I wanted to bring up was uh, someone said as a mother um, who is having to raise her son in a society where pornography and raunchy movies are becoming a rising issue. How can I protect my son and teach him to be pure in in a godly manner? Well, as much as possible, (laughs) do not expose that to him. I'm seriously, don't bring it into your home. You know, you can't do what's outside of your home. You can't deal with that. But you, what you bring into the home really, really says a lot. Because even if, you know, my boys were just telling me, we, you know, sometimes we'd have people recommend movies. Like, this is a great movie. And then all of a sudden, there's a panic. You're like, cover your eyes, cover your eyes. But they were saying, Addison was saying, there's holes between those fingers. You know what's happening. Yeah. Your dad starts getting really uncomfortable. Yes. And starts moving toward the TV. And we get the blanket or something. To pull yes. up yes. Yeah. You know what? Uh, looking back i just would recommend you as much as possible don't even bring those things in but here's the truth though it is ubiquitous it's everywhere you can't shelter them from it it's everywhere like you can do some things to keep it out of your home but you can't control what they're going to see outside the home you well can't. now and i'm gonna i'm gonna take a teeny bit of exception with that okay. you know when when your kids spend the night at other people's houses that is true yeah when you, we don't let our kids spend the night at anyone's house you, you let them spend the night at my house except for yours that's it and their aunts and their uncles. That's it though. But we would tell our boys, if you're going to watch a movie, you need to call us mm-hmm. and run it by us. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, we, there were certain movies where like, we're not, we're not going to let you watch that. And, and we would tell the boys, just call us, we'll pick you up. Or I, I know a couple of times the boys would say, you know, my parents really don't want me to watch that movie. And the mom would call me and I'd be like, Hey, is there another option? You know? So you got to watch out even when you send somebody over to spend the night somewhere that's true but what i was saying is this, there's this whole idea that if you just tell them what to run from and not tell them what to run to then they're never going to be able to run to that thing yeah. that is beautiful that is wonderful and you're going to create this impression in them and on them that sexuality is a bad thing when it's not it's a beautiful thing right you know and i i love that you brought that up because i think that the one of the best ways to avoid horrible raunchy movies is to actually imprint your kids with amazing ones mm-hmm. ones that really are going to inspire them about marital love and intimacy and truth mm-hmm. and sacrifice and honor and i think that you can just be really intentional on building a library where your kids have other options where it right. isn't just like i never get to see movies because i'm a christian you know <laughs> so I, all movies are bad yes they're all of satan and that's not true and you know to me um music is a similar thing yeah. like so there's music that is fun and celebrates life and love that is not worship music that is beautiful, that is beautiful because mm-hmm. god created us to love other people mm-hmm. there's things that music that celebrates the wonder of family the wonder of marriage the wonder of creation and and they are not worship and we think that i i feel like those kind of music should be brought in the house but if it is celebrating bumping and grinding if it is celebrating <laughs> perverse stuff you know then that stuff shouldn't be in the, house. In the house yeah and even if it's blanked out mm-hmm. you know we i heard sophie singing a song recently i was like sophia where did you hear that she's like kids bop and i'm like okay even kids bop yeah we had a conversation with the sitter about that yeah, yeah. you got to watch certain things like that because it's hard to give it to them when they're young and then take mm-hmm. it from them when they're in middle school 
Why was that song cute when they were little and they didn't know? And now all of a sudden it's not so cute when they were singing the same kind of lyrics. So being consistent for the long run. And and it's creating an unnatural desire. I mean, it's, it's just, even if they don't think they understand fully the words, it's, it's, I mean, it's what you've told us from day one of just being careful of what you're actually putting in because music can actually take such a, uh, a grip upon your life and put so many different thoughts into your head that will lead you to those things. Or when you're in a compromising situation, the, the lyrics of the song comes back and, and it's over you, you know, so how do, how do we help navigate? I mean, I know that you, you know, I can navigate when you guys are in the home, but what have you guys done? What have you done to navigate your purity? What are some of the things you've done? Well, I know for me, something that I had to really be intentional on was actually having friends and mentors into my life to be able to speak openly with it. And I know, you know, from a young age, I got a, a man who came into my life and he, he just went straight to it. And he said, Hey, you know, this is something I know that kids your eggs are dealing with. And he, he just approached me with it. And he said, you know, I want to help you through this. And you know, not a lot of kids, won't have that, but I think a lot of kids have the opportunity to have that conversation with whether a friend or just a mentor and being open and just saying, Hey, you know, this is something I'm wanting to stay away from. This is something I'm trying to keep, keep my, my eyes clean from not, not seeing movies or, or watching any of those things. And I think that's kind of give just some wisdom into some of these situations. But one of the questions that we had was someone asked is how do I let my boys be wild, crazy, and strong all the while keeping boundaries and fostering gentleness and compassion in their lives. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's quite the tension there. Well, um, I can do the wild and crazy portion. I mean, first and foremost, they need to have the freedom to do that. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, and my boys may get mad at me about this, but one of the reasons why your dad and I did not let you guys do video games when you were young was it created a lot of aggression that you had no physical release for. And so we believed in a lot of time outside. We believed in doing things with your hands. We created drinking Yes. Okay. So yes, I did kind of tell my kids, if you're not bleeding, you're not coming in. You, if you want, need water, you can drink from the hose. You can, you can tinkle on the trees. It is going to be fine. Nobody needs to come in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. We invested in a backyard that had a fence and a swing set and they, they loved it and they would just be out there. But yeah, you have to create an environment where, um, the kids play outside. Boys need to climb trees. They need to run. They need to ride bikes. They need to have energy expelled from them. And then the tender part is, you know, you can involve them and actually some of the nurture of the other kids Mm -hmm. or get them a pet. You know, if there's something that they can care for that they have to be tender with, it's really important. I know Addison, you were super involved when I had, um, and when I had Alec, you used to get up and change Austin's oh, yeah. diaper. I basically raised him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. wow. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I just remember that, you know, I would nurse Austin at 6 a.m. I mean, um, Alec at 6 a.m., and you would have already, like, changed his diaper, put it in a plastic bag, and you guys were down waiting for breakfast. It yeah. was awesome. Well, okay, so how, how do you navigate the extreme of that? When So kids are too so crazy. So when your kid, yeah, when your kid's maybe running around in angry fits, he's punching holes in the walls kicking holes in the walls maybe maybe screaming things like just want to die like very very serious like extreme Uh, sounds like he wants some attention yep i remember one time i was putting my son to bed i think he was three or four years old and i probably hadn't spent enough time with him during the day and he just looked at me and he said dad i I love the devil i just looked at him like what (laughs) why are you saying this we we hadn't been talking about the devil. <laughs> that was completely out of left field. And I just looked at him 
and I just hugged him. I was, I love you, Asher. You're amazing. And then, and then, then I just let him go to bed. And I think he was shocked that I didn't respond more and actually worked really well. Then the next day I talked to him. I was like, so Asher, you made this comment last night. Let's talk about this. And he's never said that again. But if I would have made a big deal of it, I'd been like, how dare you say that you love the devil? Do you want to grow up to be a devil worshiper? Oh my <laughs> But see, you did that to Austin. I'm totally remembering. Yeah. I would I would sing these songs like Michael Card lullabies to these kids. The yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I was singing songs I'd be putting you guys to bed. And um, you know, and I would say something about angels, and Austin would be like, I don't like angels, and be like, What are you saying? You of course like you angels. like angels. Do you want demons instead? <laughs> And I was like, what? What's a demon? So, you know, first of all, I hope, I hope you understand. You got you to gotta have a sense of humor with kids. I mean, they're just saying crazy things. Somebody said it to them. Or, you know, if you, you do feel like it's serious, then wait till they're asleep. And you got, you got to be careful not to add fuel to the fire. Yeah, and then slip into the room mm-hmm. and pray over them. Yeah. I cannot tell you. I remember one of Lay my your sons, hands on them. As a parent, lay absolutely. your hands on them and pray for them. One of my sons had had uh was going through something and and he had fixed a, a, an unnatural attachment to somebody and I walked into his room and I was just he was asleep and he's on the bottom bunk and I had my my hands on his chest and I was just praying the spirit and all of a sudden I just felt like the holy spirit said break this you know and I I mean I didn't like yell and scream I just you know I'm I'm the parent I have authority That's you right. know so I said in the name of Jesus I break any unhealthy ungodly soul tire attachment and he came off the bed I mean, it was like somebody mm-hmm. had come and done life paddles on him. And the next day, it was like that person never existed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he never had a problem with that again. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information on the Moms and Men course, please visit messengercourses.com. Until next time.